Hey, hey, everybody. How are you doing today? Hi. It's been a fun week, and I'm so excited to be able to say that again. It's been a fun week. Things have happened. Lunches are happening like crazy, and I may be starting to live out some of my childhood dreams. And it's an amazing thing. I'm also, like, writing some really big, trashy stuff right now that I'm all here for. And I kind of want to talk about all of that on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I have had quite a week. I've had quite a week because one, my depression kind of broke this week, and yay for that. I am so glad not to be trapped under that thick, oppressive depression kitty. Hi kitty, how are you doing? Yeah. But of course, she always wants to get back in, don't she? And... <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's been quite a week. Things have gone well. I've had a very fun time because I, I'm getting to do some things that I never thought I would do before. Number one, I, I am allowing myself to actually write some really just stupid books. And so it's actually one book, but it, okay. So I am just wanting to have fun right now. I, I've had like everything become so serious of late. I mean, everything is just so serious. And I'm frankly tired of it. <laughs> I don't know what it is that I want to do with all of that, because as the seriousness mounts and as the world gets more and more, you know, on fire, I am just tired of it. And so while I love a lot of the books and series that I'm working on, I need something that's just pure fun. That's pure, unadulterated fun. And so I had an idea the other night for a trashy vampire novel that I am referring to as my trashy vampire novel that other people are calling Trampire. And uh, don't hate it. It's not going to be the final name of the book, even though there are some people really lobbying hard for that to be the final name of the book. But no, that is not going to be a thing that happens. And I've been describing it kind of like, what if Castlevania met Vampire Hunter D and there was an MM romance in it <laughs> between the vampire and the hunter? Because that's pretty much what it is. And to go even further in, this is not like Castlevania the anime. This is like Castlevania the video game. I'm talking about like the original video game, like the 1980s 8-bit video game. The idea that's in my head really requires that kind of 8-bit chiptune soundtrack to fully appreciate. And frankly, I am living for it. It is cheesy. It is over the top. In my head, the vampires all talk with the Bela Lugosi accent because of course they do. They're not specifically described as having the high collar capes, but I'm just saying in my head, they kind of have the high collar capes. Is it fresh? Is it original? I don't know. And honestly, at this point, I don't care. I really don't care. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. And I think a lot of other people do too. 
Am I writing this book because I think it will sell millions of copies and be the next big thing? Probably not. Is it going to take the world by the throat and be like, oh, wow, vampires are cool again? I, I don't honestly care. I like a good classic vampire story. I love, I, I love so many of them from the Shadow Chronicles to the Vampire Chronicles to just like going OG with Dracula and Camilla and all of those. I'd love a good vampire story. And I miss a good vampire story. And to me, the most important part of a vampire story is that it needs to be trashy. <laughs> like, there really is no such thing as a good, as a classy vampire story that I absolutely love. Like, it needs a little bit of that, like, bodice ripping, annoying amazingness to make it work. And I just want to go back to that. What I'm about to say is not going to be shocking for anybody who's been in the overall for any period of time, but vampires are the embodiment of desire. And that is what makes them interesting to write. Because the way that they have worked out in the Western imagination is to be this kind of cross between desire, regret, and shame. And how these three things interplay with each other is very interesting. And when those elements are missing from a vampire story, the vampire story seems weird and odd and strange and sparkly. And that's hopefully the last reference I'm going to make to those books, because... But this is what has always interested me about vampire stories, is they are, strictly speaking, stories about the taboo, about the lost, the wrong, the outcasts, not only of society, but the outcasts from heaven, the outcasts from hell. Depending on the version of the vampire that you're looking at, these are often people that even the grave wouldn't accept, even though they died. Vampires are interesting characters, They are something that you can paint all of your societal interest into and all of your societal fears. They take the shape and form of the culture in which they exist in. So you can look back at the oldest vampires, which are essentially bringers of plague, pestilence, and disease. When everyone was overly concerned about, Oh, if you show ankle, you're going to tempt people into the very bowels of hell. Vampires became the embodiment of lust. And then for some reason they became the embodiment of like everything that teen girls are really into because that's taboo for some reason. But I have to say, Stephanie Myers proved that it was because people attack those books with a savagery that I have not seen for a long time because, you know, if teen girls like it, it must not be good. My problem with the books was I just didn't think the books were good. But if I contributed to any of that, I am sorry. And I would like to apologize. Having said that, what I love about vampires is that they get you the opportunity to, one, look at the long stretch of history from the eyes of somebody who may have lived through the darker times. Or through the brighter times, depending on your point of view and perspective. 
you can reevaluate various periods of history through not only a modern lens, but through the lens of a character getting to look back. You can also embody pure emotion, pure desire, pure passion into a being and see what that looks like, what that turns into, how that plays out in the world. And there are very few archetypal characters that you can do that with to the degree that you can do that with the vampire. Because the very nature of the vampire, and when you start tweaking with the very nature of the vampire, it falls apart. A vampire can only come out at night because the light of day destroys them. This is important to the psychology of what makes a vampire interesting. You need to have them be that thing that only exists in the shadows. So what is that thing that only exists in the shadows? Is it lust? Is it desire? Is it hunger? Is it greed? Is it sex? Is it power? What is it? And play with those things. But it needs to be something that cannot bear the bright light of scrutiny. Because that's what empowers the image of the vampire. Lestat was a great vampire because he was a rock star. He was everything that went bump in the night. And it worked. He created a character that I, I, at least, needed more of and needed to know more about. And so, with Lestat, vampires took on the rock and roll aesthetic. With the Lost Boys, this became even more ingrained into our pop culture. But you have to be careful not to water it down. Because if you water it down too much, then it's not a vampire anymore. Vampires should always have a hint of fear about them. Because even a tamed lion can still eat you. I've had this conversation with quite a few people and it always goes about the same way. Hello, my name is Charlie and I am writing what I want, what I think will be fun, what I think will be entertaining, and hopefully it will sell. If it doesn't, I'm fine with that because I'm at a point in my life and my career where I am wanting to attract my own niche audience. And Yeah, it would be smarter if I wrote to market. Yes, it would be smarter if I, you know, workshopped my ideas with people to get a more marketable idea. And yes, I've got critique partners and alpha readers and beta readers and all of that stuff, and I am going to work to put out good stories. Look, when I say that this is a trash novel, I don't mean that, like, I'm just going to write a first draft and be like, it is perfection because it is written and put it out into the world. I haven't done that since I was, what? Hmm... 15? <laughs> Somewhere thereabouts. And then it didn't happen because we didn't have the internet, and so I had to send it to a publisher, and the publisher was very nice in telling me that there's a thing called editing. Probably because I told them that I was, like, 15. <laughs> but, no, I, I want the story to be good. I want it to be entertaining, but I also... I am tired of the self-serious fiction, and... I say that as somebody who's writing a lot of self-serious fiction and will continue to write a lot of self-serious fiction. Look, my fantasy settings are hope punk stories and there's bad things happening and the characters really care about saving the world and whether or not they will ever be able to achieve that. 
that is a component and a part of the story that I am not going to let go of. But given everything that's going on right now, while yes, I need that hope punk story so bad, I need that sense of hope and optimism in my life. You know what I need more right now? Just sheer fun. And that's the whole point of the vampire novella that I'm doing. And I'm wanting to encourage you to just find that fun. Look, this may be a seller. People may buy it. People may like it. Yay. If that happens, that's wonderful. I will be thrilled. But honestly, I'm not writing this book for money. I'm writing this book for the lulls. I want to have fun with it. I want it to be a fun story. Now, granted, what I find fun, (laughs) people might not because goth. Like I say that all the time because it needs, it's a warning label that I put on me. I have a very dark sense of humor. I find a lot of things funny that a lot of people don't. And I'm not saying that like ironically or like because I'm cooler than other people. Like I, 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 I have a very dark sense of humor. The things that I find funny, a lot of people don't find funny. I giggle reading Poe because there are parts of it that I think are just adorable. And that's what makes me a goth. But I want to have fun. I want to explore a world where I don't have any cause. Like, this is meant to be a one-off. And if I ever visit these characters again, it's because I want to, not because I have to. I want to just do something for the sheer joy of doing it. And that's what I'm doing right now. And that's why I call this trash. Look, are some of the tropes that I'm putting in this book in this book completely played out? Yes, 100% yes. Does that mean that I'm going to come up with a brilliant twist to revitalize them? I don't know. I can do my best. I can tell them in a way that I find interesting. But that doesn't mean that other people are going to either. But at least right now, given 2020 and the just horrendous world on fire year that it has been... Honestly, I care more about entertaining myself and those who are like me than I do about, you know, changing the world because I found a new literary form in which the vampire will achieve new heights. If I do that by accident, yay. But that's not what I'm setting out to do. There are a lot of people like me who like classic vampire stories, and that's what I'm writing. It's gloomy. It's dark. It's gothic. And, yeah, all those things. But that's what makes it wonderful. Because sometimes you just have to play with your nostalgia and see what comes out. And honestly, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just playing with nostalgia and having a blast doing it. So I encourage you to do that, too. Just have some fun for a little bit, for goodness sakes. We all need a laugh. Hi, Charlie. It's Ems, and I was just thinking today about a game that we used to play on the old, old computers where all you had was solitaire. And suddenly an email, which was very, very new to us. I think this was in... um late 90s and we had computers at work but people were not really used to them and we definitely didn't know very much about browsing (laughs) because I remember teaching a class on browsing you take your mouse and you go to this thing 
And this little thing with the HTTP, that is an address. And it starts with www, <laughs> whatever, whatever. And then you click. And you can put anything you want in the search bar. Okay, so anyway, that <laughs> was kind of the class that I taught at the bank. Anyway, I remember this one time and we were all super bored because our job was super boring. We were just waiting for calls and calls would come in and then you'd handle them and then you'd wait for calls again. So one day... This email came and it said the same game. And I was like, the same game? What's that? You know, we would have been playing solitaire on our off time forever. And, uh, or what is that one called? Not Minecraft, but uh, Minefield or something where you press the <laughs> stupid blocks and you're supposed to be able to, um, yeah, that was a stupid game. Anyway, so I click it and it installs on my computer like, like lickety split. And it's called the same game. And well, basically it's just blocks that you have colors and you group them together. And the bigger that is, the more points you get. Everybody was playing it. Hey, I got this game. I got this game. Does anybody remember that game? Because now with this toy blast crap and the, like the, you know, the little blocks where you have to gain the blocks and they might turn into a bomb or a or a whatever, a rocket ship or whatever and kill all the blocks. It's the same as the same game. And I'm like, do you think that you're original or something? Like, I don't... Who doesn't remember? It's like not remembering George Clooney was in Facts of Life as a nerd. I mean, it's just... How do people forget these things so easily? The same game came first. Not Toy Blast, okay? (laughs) And I know I obsess over these stupid things and, like, who came first and whose idea was it. But seriously... I mean, come on. We've been playing this game since the 90s. It ain't no big thing. (laughs) That's my silly rant for today about games. And I just want everyone to know that games have gotten much better than that. But we're still playing the same basic principle. And I'm sure there was something offline that was like the same game before that. So I guess nothing is really original. Anyway, just my thought for today. Bye! Nothing is original. Nothing is new. All things come and go and fade into obscurity, only to be recaptured, reinvented, and brought back out to the masses so people can feel good about themselves. Yeah, I I remember the same game. I really do. And yeah, it's... I feel like this is the world we're living in now, where we are losing our history. We are losing our past. We are losing everything because we're not preserving it. I went on a rant about this the other night. I'm going to try not to do it today on the show, but digital culture has not been the best at preserving its history. Be that some of the email games that used to go around because some of them were fun and should be remembered. A lot of the memes, we finally have places that are cataloging them and preserving them for the future because while they may seem silly, They really do help anthropologically to understand the times in which we're living. Especially if we can get as much contemporary data around them as possible to make them make sense. And yes, I really, really want people to just stop with the, I did a new thing, because you didn't. You didn't. And that's okay. Because there really is nothing to do under the sun. Everything's been done before. Stop striving for this artificial line that no one is ever going to reach. Stop trying to climb the mountain. Don't, don't, just, just don't. Please. We, we, 
can just create things, have fun with things, play our games. And honestly, I'm just, I'm tired of the words new and innovative because so much of it is a lie. It's so much of it is not true. It's just, hmm, they have forgotten the thing. Let's pretend that we've invented it. And no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. It's just marketing language. It's just marketing language. Bring in the nostalgia! We've talked about nostalgia quite a bit on the show. And yes, I'm going to bring it up again. Because nostalgia has a couple different purposes. One, the, the most insidious, the most dangerous, the one that if I could stamp out and burn with fire that I would do is the form of nostalgia that looks back on everything with rose tinted eyes and says it was better when I was younger because in some ways that may be true like that particular specific thing but we also need to remember that like we don't want to go back like I remember like I'm just gonna say a lot of music was better when I was younger but at least from my taste but I don't want to go back to having to be in the closet because nobody accepted LGBT people at all. And I don't want to be afraid to walk down the street because I'm going to get jumped and queer bashed because that's a thing that happened back then too. And that's just from my own experience. That's not even bringing in what was done to black people and immigrants and everyone else. Like, yes, there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly in any time period. So I'm done with the rose tinted glasses version of nostalgia That needs to go burn it with fire. Burn it with fire. Make it go away. But having said that, (laughs) but having said that, the beautiful thing about nostalgia, the thing that I want us to continue doing is remember the good things. Let's bring them forward and make them better or at least make them fun again. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my vampire story because I haven't really enjoyed vampire stories for a while because not, and it has nothing to do with Twilight. I want to say that right off the bat. It has nothing to do with Twilight. I did not enjoy Twilight, but that's not the only vampire story that I have tried to read lately. Vampires have become boring because they've either become mindless zombies that move in packs and we have zombie fiction. You don't need to do that to my vampires. Or they've become watered-down and Ricean vampires that just have all the angst and the sexiness and very little compelling interest in them. And yes, it's an old trope and it's hard to do anything fresh. And I'm not necessarily saying that I want anything fresh, original, or new. I just want to see them in a fun way again. I want them to be slightly scary and spooky and strange. And that's what I want. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. Like, that to me is the big test with the trashy vampire novel I'm working on right now. Can I make a vampire story that I'm interested in? Like, right now, I'm living for it. I love the Spooky Dark Castle because I love me a Spooky Dark Castle. And I love that we have all of the Cynocephaloi running around because I love me some Cynocephaloi and they're there moving around. But that doesn't mean that things are going to progress in the way that I want them to. And we'll see. We'll see when it gets to the end. But this is a nostalgia project that I can get behind because I'm not trying to recreate the things of my youth. I'm not trying to go back to the glory days when everything was wonderful. 
because yeah, there were problems in those stories. So I'm trying to take those things that I love and bring them forward and recontextualize them and make them interesting again. That's the nostalgia that I'm excited about. That's the nostalgia that works for me. The weaponized nostalgia that we see in, say, the Marvel movies that go, remember all those things that you liked about superheroes? Well, here it is in a modern package. And it works. It's worked really well so far, and hopefully it will continue to work going forward because, yeah, I'm here for it. It's also why The Mandalorian worked so well and why Lower Decks worked. They're pure nostalgia properties, but they didn't just rest on their laurels. And they didn't just try to be new for news sake. No, they went, hey, here's the things that we loved. So let's keep those things. And everything else we're going to play with. We're going to see what we can stretch it into, what we can mold it into, and what we can make it become. And that is exciting. That's thrilling. So yeah, we can go on and on and on. And I have. I'm like, you can search this podcast and <laughs> listen to older episodes where I did about reboots and remakes and nah, nah, nah. But if you really want to just make us happy, if you really want to make it good, then just tell a good story. Bring forward the things that we love and ignore the things that we don't anymore. So with everything going on and all of the emotions that are flowing through me and this like desire to kind of embed myself in this happy nostalgia of just writing the stories that I think will be interesting, I'm going to be taking kind of a turn, at least for the YouTube channel. I've noticed a lot of people who have been not coping well with everything going on. And I'm not saying that in the sense that I'm coping better because I, I, I don't know that I am, but I've noticed a lot of talk. And so more than anything, I would like to try to bring some light to all of that. So if you've not already subscribed to my YouTube channel, you can find a link in the show notes. It's youtube.com slash CE Dorset. And there, you will find that I am going to start, on top of talking about my progress towards my Milwaukee goals, I'm going to be doing a pep talk every week through the end of November, because I think we need them. <laughs> I don't know about you, I need them. So, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm trying to find ways to connect to the things that bring joy, that bring happiness, that make me happy. And that's not been all that easy this year. And I'm fine with it. I, I, I know my limitations and I know the limitations of the world in which we live. And I'm just embracing them. <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. So let me know what you would like me to be doing stuff about come December be that on this podcast or any of my others. 
Oh yeah, and I have others. So if you're not already aware, my writing content, my primary writing content, has moved over to the new podcast, Myth Weaving, which you should be able to find at most places by now. So just search for Myth Weaving and you should find it. There's also a link in the in the show notes for this podcast. I also have a new podcast that is exclusive to Spotify in which I get to play music and talk about music and do some fun things. The first episode is out, and it's kind of a general introduction to everything that I'm going to be doing over there. The next couple are going to be deep dives into goth music because, you know, Halloween. And I want to play around with that and share all of the beautiful things with you, just so you know. Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on this or any of the other channels and shows that I do, let me know. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on social media. I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a buck that you can pass my way, it really would help out a lot, especially right now. In this same show notes, you'll find a link to listener support, Patreon, and my coffee account for one-time donations. If you can spare a dollar, it really would help out. I, things are a little tight right now, and I think that's true for everybody. So if you don't have the money or you don't feel like giving right now, I completely understand. But if you know anybody that would like any of the things that I do, please share them. That helps out more than you could possibly know. Alrighty. I think that's it for me today. Remember, as always, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, trans identities are valid. And may you have the courage to ride your dreams into reality. And don't forget to have the fun. Bye. <laughs>